and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, I am once again joined by Scott Stevens, County Administrator for James City County. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thank you, Renee. Seems like we just did this, and it's really been, again, almost a month. Of, of That's right. At it. And uh, while we're at the end of February, early March, it feels pretty spring-like right now, so I'm, I'm enjoying that. Yes, so. me too. Well, <laughs> well I know you have a lot to cover. So I'm just going to let you take it away. Um, well, thank you. A couple of things. Um, I do want to recognize, starting out with employees, that uh, Deputy Chief Steve Rubino has announced his retirement. He spent 35 years with James City County. I think his effective date is May 1st for retirement. And then we'll have an opportunity to, to publicly recognize and thank him for his service. But I do want to take this opportunity to thank him uh, for his leadership in the department and his work with James City County for 35 years. That's a long time in one place. Uh, and I hear a ton of good things about him everywhere I go. And so he will be sorely missed, but I want to wish him well. He's earned his retirement and I hope he has a, a lot of great memories from here and a lot of great memories still to make in his retirement year. So at any rate, uh, I do wish uh, Steve Rubino a, a very uh, happy and long retirement. So um, outside of that, I want to move on to a topic before I get into the board meetings that will likely uh, be a happy thing for some and will create concern for others. Uh, and it's really related to our masking for county employees and what were expectations of visitors to our buildings and screenings that we as of employees have been doing and testing of our non-vaccinated employees. And uh, we had a lot of conversation in the world of COVID continues to change as it has really for the past two years. And we have just enough information to, uh, I think, act on, but not answer all the questions. And so I, I do want to let the community and our employees know that in early March, we'll be dropping our required masking of county employees. We'll be changing our wording for visitors that says currently says strongly recommended to wear a mask to masks are optional. So to our employees and our visitors, they can still wear masks in county facilities. It's whatever their comfort level is. Uh, we're going to quit testing of our non-vaccinated employees, which we've been doing since I think October of last year. And then we as employees have been doing a security uh, screening question, not security, but a health screening questionnaire every morning to say, make sure we're feeling well. And we're going to discontinue that as a requirement and still encourage our employees who feel poorly to stay home, right? That's really, if anything came out of COVID, most of us have learned that if we feel bad, we do our coworkers a favor by staying home. And whether it's a cold or the flu or COVID, uh, I hope we all stick with that, myself included, because I've been one to sort of work through illnesses in the past. Uh, but at least I have a better sense that maybe I shouldn't be in the office if I'm not feeling well myself. And so certainly to our employees, we will encourage them to do that. And I would ask them not to come to work if they're feeling poorly. And to the public, we would encourage the same thing. Please, if you're sick, don't come interact with us and pass on what you have to us or to others. And um, I, I think going forward, we will will benefit from, from that activity. So, and like I said, I know some that will be a very concerning thing. That was like the telework when we came back. Most, all of us have gotten back in the office. For some of us, it was easier to come back. Uh, for others, it was a little more uncertain. And I know the masking, we've all gotten very comfortable with everybody else wearing masks. And I think our employees have done a really good job with that uh, within James City County. We have done more than a lot of localities because uh, we've had different opinions on what the CDC and Department of Labor were suggesting or requiring. Um, and a couple of things, again, that have led to my decision to work through this. One is talking with our department heads. We had that discussion recently. And by and large, departments were supportive of making this change. 
But for me, the, the drop in case counts is significant now where we saw the largest case counts we'd had through January within the community and our workforce. February, they have dropped off significantly. So that's very um, positive movement. Uh, the Virginia Department of Labor has voted to end the requirement where we had had a requirement from our Department of Labor to require employees to wear masks. They have eliminated that requirement. The CDC is making, uh, well, I don't know the specifics of all the mask changing from CDC. They are making changes in their recommendations of what people should do when they're out in the world. So uh, it's not to say we should let our guard down completely, but I do think uh, these things that we've been doing, uh, we're at a point that it makes sense to me and others that we ought to stop doing that. So uh, we'll continue to monitor the situation. It doesn't mean that we wouldn't reinstitute a requirement if it came back from the Department of Labor or CDC or other groups that would say that is important or would make a difference. But as of today, I think we're to the point that it can be an optional thing. Uh, good news for our employees. Number one, we have a good supply of the surgical masks, and that has gotten much, much better even from a year ago. And then sometime through the fall, we were asked, we were given our N95 masks to our first responders. We were able to acquire enough of the N95 equivalents that we were able to offer those to employees that uh, had a desire to have a better mask. And so I will continue those offerings of those supplies to our employees and to visitors to our uh, facilities where we've had them out uh, previously. We'll continue to have those available, but it will go from being strongly encouraged to optional um, uh, for our visitors and it will go from being required to optional for our employees. And so more to come. Uh, would still uh, want people to be mindful of gathering and you know, I think we've all got to use common sense. I think most of us have gotten more comfortable spacing out a little bit. And so I would just encourage folks using our facilities as well as, as, well as our employees, you know, still maintain some of that space between us, whether it's six feet or four feet. Uh, it's certainly better than sitting side by side as we used to do and try to just to be smart. And if you're uncomfortable in a room, uh, just find a way to excuse yourself or to, to do it in a different place. So Anything I ought to add on that, Renee? I think I see you shaking your head. I think that's maybe enough, but I just want to make sure I didn't miss something obvious. So, no, I think you covered it all. And I have to say, I do not envy your position in having to go through all of this information to make these decisions. So, as an employee, I have felt that we have been very well taken care of, and I that is going to continue. So, thank you. Well, and I appreciate that. I do appreciate people's input, and we've had a lot of input and I would certainly encourage that for our workforce where they're uncomfortable or think we should do things better and safer regardless of where we are, uh, masking or otherwise, uh, certainly value that input. One thing I didn't mention, uh, was there was a question about barriers. We put up a lot of plexiglass barriers in our facilities, particularly in those that are forward facing. Um, with COVID, we had the opportunity to make some permanent changes to many of our workspaces, our, our building F, our buildings, I guess, uh, e and uh, B over here at the government complex. So uh, we've done some changes in social services. Uh, we're doing some changing out at our satellite service offices. So we have put up some of those barriers to be permanent. And I would encourage uh, our employees, we, we are going to talk with departments, but just I say encourage, I'd like to let our employees and the community know that I think the expectation is the barriers most likely will remain in place. Uh, those that we anticipate having long-term, um, and we're working with departments to sort of make that determination of where they make sense long-term, uh, we will make them more professional. I mean, our staff rushed in a time where you couldn't get, you couldn't buy these barriers, you couldn't get them out there. And I think our general services staff did an excellent job of putting together homemade wooden framed plexiglass barriers that were sort of custom fit to all the spaces we had. And I really appreciate that. And we've used those for most of the last two years. Mm -hmm. If we're going to continue with that, and I think we are in many places in terms of the use of the barriers, 
I want it to look a little more professional, meaning that it sort of matches or goes with or looks like it's made for the furniture. Uh, and that is something that we'll be evaluating over the next uh, three to six to nine months. And so we'll leave those temporary barriers in place uh, until we see either a need to change them over to the permanent or that we really feel that they're not no longer needed in that workspace. And we'll defer back to our departments and our employees to help us in making some of those determinations. But Anyway, more to come as we move forward and uh, more conversation uh, as this uh, pandemic uh, moves along. In terms of board meetings, um, I do. we only had two in February. So, you know, last time it seemed like I had a bunch to catch up on. This yes. one, uh, fortunately, we've had two. Uh, one of them was rather lengthy, a few items on the agenda. But the most uh, significant of their February 8th uh, board meeting where they conduct public hearings and public comment. Um, the board did hold a public hearing for Wawa and they approved a Wawa to be cited on Monticello Avenue at the, near the Ironbound intersection, intersection. So it'll really have, the Wawa would have access off of Ironbound, not off of Monticello, uh, but Wawa did get approval for that moving forward over by the JCSA uh, water tanks and across from Settlers Market. So it'll be interesting to watch that site develop. The other rezoning that um, took about five hours of the board's time that evening between public comment and board discussion and staff presentation uh, was the Hazelwood property rezoning up in the Stonehouse district, approximately 300 acres, and the board did approve the rezoning that was requested after a lot of debate and discussion. So uh, more to come on those projects as they move forward. And then the board had a couple of appointments to the Planning Commission and the Colonial Behavioral Health Board that they made at their February 8th meeting. Then to the February 22nd meeting, had a, a longer agenda with more items, uh, but that meeting was about a two hour meeting. So that we went from a fairly lengthy one to a fairly short one. Uh, we did have updates, um, uh, several updates at that meeting. Uh, one from uh, the JYF Foundation, Jamesburg Yorktown Foundation, their executive director, Christy Coleman came and gave a phenomenal presentation on uh, what's going on there. Made me excited to go back and I enjoy going there anyhow, but I've heard from others that uh, uh, really her presentation there uh, re-inspired them to consider, hey, maybe I need to take the family or friends or visitors back. And so I would just encourage our community to go. You support it, or at least the county supports it using some of your tax dollars. Uh, and so with that, they provide a free entry for James City County residents. And so I think it's something that if as the spring comes and you want, thinking of what can I do today that's inside and outside. So it really is a nice facility. And they are changing exhibits over on a very regular basis. Uh, and I think there's something for all of us to see if we haven't been there in a few years. Um, we also had a presentation uh, from uh, Virginia Department of Transportation, Rossi Carroll, who we uh, I say harass, but we communicate an awful lot with related to VDOT issues. He had a good list of updates, a lot of resurfacing coming for James City County. Uh, I think the project that is of most interest today is the Long Hill Road widening and when is it going to be finished? Uh, and Rossi assured us that it will be finished in April. It is delayed a few months, but it will be finished in April. Um, some of that related to the planning season and finishing touches on the landscaping along the route. Uh, he indicated they would be putting down the pavement markings and hope to have the pavement open, the two lanes section going both direction, uh, open in mid-March. Uh, so uh, we're close. So those that have had to uh, uh, endure that on a daily basis, uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, I've been through there a number of times where it was slow. And so I know if I had to do that daily, it would be frustrating. Uh, but I do believe the end is in sight. Uh, I did ride through there recently. The pavement markings are down. It looks like if we pull the barrels off, we could do it. So the mid-March timeframe, I think things will be much, much better from a traffic flow perspective. So um, 
And then we had an update on the Iwo Jima Memorial that's being proposed uh, at Jamestown Road and Echoland Roads, volunteer group doing this and raising private funds. Uh, pretty impressive what they're doing at that site. It's putting a lot on a, on a site that's been uh, sort of maintained with that purpose for a number of years. Uh, they're still working through sort of how you get there. It's meant to be a pedestrian sort of private park uh, open to the open to the public, but a private park. Uh, parking, it really isn't any parking. So if you plan to attend, you'll need to have a way to have somebody maybe drop you off and pick you up. But uh, a lot of excitement from this group. And I want to thank them and others that have served our country and, um, uh, and then being recognized groups uh, supporting that. Um, in terms of other items on the February 22nd agenda, the board really approved um, a number of things. The most significant for me, $262,000, our annual mowing uh, and trimming of landscaped areas along VDOT roadway. So we, we maintain them at a higher level, really because we believe, uh, based on citizen feedback and our board's uh, 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 desire, is we've tried to maintain things at a better level, whether they're landscape or mowing. And so we do appropriate and have a contract for about $260,000 to do that in the coming year. Uh, we have 310,000 for a chiller replacement at the courthouse, just some maintenance of some of our HVAC equipment there. We're establishing an additional roadway maintenance crew. Uh, we don't do road work per se, but we always have calls for picking up this, doing that, moving here, cleaning up this area, and we just don't have the staff to keep up with the demand. And so as the community expects more and more, we are trying to uh, respond with staff and uh, equipment to be able to meet that need. And so we'll have some discussion on other areas that we may be able to mow and working with VDOT uh, to keep the community looking better and better and better. And then we also funded three uh, full full-time temporary positions with ARPA funds of the American Rescue Plan Act funding that came as a result of COVID. They have the board approved three of the positions. We had discussed them last fall with the board. They are temporary positions, and then we'll evaluate the need for them at the end when the grant funding for those positions run out, but they approved them at this meeting. Uh, we also, the board accepted uh, $927,000 in a stormwater state grant or James City County projects. And I do want to commend our staff. We don't, some grants are a little more automatic. These stormwater uh, grants, you've got to have a good project. You've got to have staff putting together good applications. And our stormwater staff have done a very good job in bringing more than a, almost a million dollars uh, to James City County and really leveraging our money to make it go further for our residents here. So I'm very proud of our staff when they're searching out these grants that take some work uh, to get, and we do that throughout many of our departments. And so just want to make sure the community is aware of that as well. And then at the February 22nd, the board made a few appointments to the Chesapeake Bay and Wetlands Board and our uh, Colonial Community Correction Justice Board. Um, they also, at that uh, meeting, added a retreat for the Board of Supervisors on March 12th. It'll be held beginning at 8.30 at Legacy Hall. Um, I'm going to talk topics in just a minute, but the board has a busy mark. Um, March in terms of meetings. They have their regularly scheduled meeting March 8th. They have their regularly scheduled meeting uh, uh, March 22nd. And then they have a joint meeting with the city and WJCC school system on March 11th at nine o'clock. And so the March 11th meeting, that's the joint meeting will be held at James City County Recreation Center. Again, it's nine o'clock in the morning. And um, I, I think we'll have, again, a lot of meetings for our board. When I come back to the retreat, we've been working with topics. And so just on a, a broad level of topics and, and we'll publish the agenda ahead of the March meeting, but we've talked about the future government complex. And so that will be some, we'll talk about projects and how to accelerate or not accelerate and look at uh, borrowing to accelerate, whether it's our purchase of development right or land conservation, which we hear from residents all the time is extremely important to them. Uh, our general services complex needs to be replaced. 
place. That's another project we'll talk about. We'll talk about park projects that are in our five-year CIP. And as we do have a desire to accelerate or does our board to accelerate some of those projects by borrowing money. We've got significant expense at our social services building in the future, uh, a library, um, potential discussion of pool and other things that are of, of large expense items to the county potentially in the future. And are there other ways to do them other than uh, through a five-year CIP? So uh, I think it'll be a good uh, productive day for them. A lot of information uh, they'll be uh, hearing. We'll be talking about staff recruiting and retention, which is a concern for most businesses. And so it's a concern, what has been a concern for your county government as well, as well as other localities throughout Hampton Roads, because I do talk with their chief administrator of officers on a regular basis. And we're all struggling with varying degrees of staffing from entry level to sometimes police and fire and others. Uh, and so we wanna make sure we are doing what we can uh, in terms of pay and benefits and work environment uh, to make sure we've got good people to continue to serve this community. And we have a great staff but we have a lot of vacancies that we just haven't had very many applications for. And so we've got to make that better so we can continue to provide the services and not uh, close convenience centers temporarily or have to reduce some of our other uh, reconnect programs or how we're doing building inspections and those kinds of things. So I think the March 11th retreat will be a good uh, opportunity for our board to talk about that. And then we'll talk about a strategic plan refresh and a few other uh, miscellaneous topics. So more to come as we publish that agenda, but again, the board has a busy March. So our next one of these, Renee, we will have an awful lot to cover of just board meeting items. So um, from that, I'd move to really uh, one thing that probably will mean a lot to most and, uh, and maybe folks know what's going on or waiting, but we do uh, real estate reassessments every two years. Uh, and it's time, we are at the end of that. And so in early March, property owners should be, begin receiving uh, what the change in value is, their assessment from the county, which impacts what you pay in taxes at the current tax rate. And so in most cases, those are going up. And I hope that's not a surprise to the community. If you've been in the market for purchasing a home, uh, it has been a, um, a pretty crazy market here for the last year, as it has been in a lot of other communities. As, I uh, talk with people around uh, Virginia and other states. There's a lot going on in terms of real estate and, and the demand for purchasing. And so that's true in our area as well. And it has pushed prices higher, which does affect the real estate assessment. So uh, those notices will be coming out in mid-March mid or early March. There is an appeals process. Um, and then that sort of rolls into our budgeting of do we have more money from that reassessment or, or do we make it a, uh, a revenue neutral kind of uh, option for the county? Uh, at least some of that, I would encourage our board uh, to not make it totally revenue neutral. We have a lot of pressures on us from the staffing issues that I mentioned before, which will be major, major drivers in our budget discussions this year. And then the CIP needs or capital improvement project needs, uh, whether we do it sooner or later over the five-year time frame, they are significant for schools, they're significant in our parks, and they're significant in our county buildings as well. And so uh, we do have needs for the revenue that I think will be generated uh, by this reassessment. Um, in terms of uh, budget time frame, I uh, just want to remind the community, I do hope to get a proposed budget out at the end of March. Uh, March 25th is the date I've said, but we'll be very close to that date. Uh, and so at that time, there'll be a budget out and you can look and see what my recommendation to the board is. We do or have scheduled a community meeting on April 5th at 3.30. It'll be held in Building F, our board, where the boardroom is. Uh, we'll broadcast it virtually as well. So 
people can participate in person or they can participate virtually. And we'll talk about what's in the proposed budget and why we believe it's important, as well as provide an opportunity for questions or comments for those that are able to participate in that. And we're also we're going to talk about our ARPA, American Rescue Plan Act funding, uh, the almost $15 million that the county received half last spring, and we anticipate the other half this spring. Uh, we did talk with the Board of Supervisors to develop a um, preliminary list of where we expect those funds to be spent. Uh, we are moving forward with about $4 million of the 15, and the other 11 I've really put on hold till we get through this community meeting to make sure we're spending it in a manner the community either thinks is appropriate or doesn't have a, another idea of what we should consider. So uh, that will be um, April 5th, again at 3.30. Uh, in our boardroom here at the, the government complex and it'll be in person and virtual and then our board of supervisors will hold a budget public hearing april 12th so another opportunity for the community to come express uh, their concerns or desires within the proposed budget uh, and then our hope is the, the board of supervisors would adopt the budget may 10th so we'll see that's our budget calendar at this point and more to come on that um, a couple of the things i'd like to mention um litter has uh, been a continual issue I hear about in the community. And I, I can assure you, I've been in communities where it's a lot worse, but it's a problem here as well. And I do want to credit our Clean County Commission and Ms. Peg Borman. They have worked for many years and many hours and many weekends and many afternoons to make this James City County a better place. Picking up liquor, litter, making the awareness of it more important, encouraging groups to come out and help do it. Um, and so I think all those things definitely make a difference. Awareness is a big part of it. Uh, another big part is picking it up. And, and while our uh, Clean County Commission is doing some of that, we have also worked with um, the Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail to develop a crew that really is dedicated to James City County. We pay the costs they have, but to bring out an inmate crew that would work, our goal is five to seven days a week, uh, but we were able to start with a crew in October and they worked October to January. They haven't worked quite five to seven days a week yet, but they're moving towards that. So we're bringing out a crew of two to six inmates to pick up litter along our roadways. And, and I do think it's made a difference. I know I've seen the crew out a lot as I ride up and down uh, Route 199. They're working other areas as well. Um, and to date, um, over those since October, they've picked up 1,100 bags of trash. And if you estimate a way to turn that into tonnage, we believe that's around 12 tons of trash. Um, and I'd like to tell you they pick up a place and next week it's fine. That's not true. They pick it up this week and next week they've got to pick it up again. So we do have to work on awareness and enforcement. Um, and we're talking about how to do that better. But I would just uh, want to let the community know we have put more resources into what we were picking up litter before. We pay VDOT uh, to have their contractor pick up litter extra time so that we do. We have been putting effort towards this. The jail crew, there's another jail crew that is split between localities that has done litter pickup. But we've worked hard this past through 2021 to create a litter crew that is just dedicated to James City County. And at this point, I think all of those efforts are making a difference. There's just it seems to be a problem that if we we've got to continue picking up. So we're trying to put more resources towards that. Um, I guess the last item I'd like to mention is part of our rescue uh, American Rescue Plan funding uh, that we're moving forward with as part of that initial four million dollars that uh, before our community meeting uh, we did talk about nonprofit grants. Um, during the first round of CARES funding that came from the federal government, nonprofits were only eligible if they were providing COVID relief. And we did a grant program and we did award a number of grants using CARES fund. The American Rescue Plan or ARPA funds uh, does, uh, nonprofits can receive grants again. There's still some requirements, 
but they can recede if they're providing um, some type of COVID relief or if COVID impacted their operation, meaning they normally do this and generate money to support what they do and they were unable to do that because of COVID, we can now use these funds to do that. So we have developed a grant program. It will be out in mid-March. So our nonprofits could apply. It will have a fairly quick um, turnaround time. So our hope is that if you apply in the March-April timeframe, we'll be able to return a yes or no, along with the funds in the, the May-June uh, timeframe. So uh, I hope that will help some of the nonprofits that have really managed to hold on or struggled through and some type of financial assistance from the county would be uh, uh, helpful to get them back on their feet. Uh, we are pursuing some business grant opportunities as well. So for the businesses out there, we did run a, a grant program uh, through our CARES fund before. We have set aside uh, 500000 in our ARPA funds and developing a program to push that out as well. And I think I'll have some better news to share in a couple of weeks related to more business grant opportunities. So uh, excited about those opportunities for us. And you know, with that, Renee, I, I think I will, will stop for now. I said I'd be short and maybe I didn't meet that goal. Uh, we certainly have a lot of other projects carrying on. Uh, but I think with budget and other, those really are our top uh, things. And uh, as I said, it looks like spring's coming. So we're, we're not out of the woods for winter yet. Uh, but I would just encourage people to enjoy the community. It's a great place to be outside, uh, to get moving, to try different things. And I would just encourage you to visit our parks. Uh, we have an awful lot of, of good amenities there. And um, so uh, with that, I would just remind folks, I'm always here to talk, whether it's an email or a phone call, uh, and a phone for me for those that still like that is 757-253-6603. Again, 253-6603. So whew, I appreciate you getting us back together. Uh, any Absolutely. questions or things that I should have said? No, I think you did a really good job covering it. And I'm really happy about the nonprofit grant funding because I think that a lot of our nonprofits, they were not able to have their in-person big events. And some nonprofits only have like two a year. And if you can't have either one of those, you're counting on a lot of money. And if you can't have that, it really cuts into the good work that you're able to do in the community. So I hope we get a lot of applications and that yeah. we're able to help a lot of folks. No, I think that's a really good opportunity. I hope they'll take advantage of it as well, Renee. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I have too. You did a great job and you only had to cover a couple of meetings this time, but like you've said, March is March and April, things get a little busy. So there will be a lot more to cover. So once again, Scott, as always, thank you so much. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss one of our episodes. You can also go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyba.gov slash podcast. And while there, you'll be able to find all of our shows and a form. And on that form, you can give us feedback, comments, show ideas. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you next week. Mm -hmm.